The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are solely those of the hosts and the guests. Hello and welcome to Two Millennials One Podcast. I'm your host, Ethan Gable, and today we're going to break the rules again. And my esteemed co-host is not a millennial. She is a member of Gen Z, Miss Abby Rushel. How you doing, Abby? I'm good. How are you? Living the dream. And today on this episode of Two Millennials One Podcast, we are going to be talking about the quarantine and COVID-19 and all of this fun, fun stuff. Before we get started, as always, uh, go ahead and subscribe or add us on your podcast feed. We're available anywhere you get your podcasts. And I'd like to point out that, Abby, you're now the third individual named Abby, last initial R, to appear on this podcast. Do you have any comment on that? That's a little bit weird. Yeah, I'm very perplexed as to why Generation X, apparently, when they had kids, they're like, let's all just collectively name them Abby. And here we are. I do not like my name at all. And I make, I give my mom a hard time a lot about it. Because when you look in books, it always says like, you know, top 10 baby names in 2002. And Abby and Olivia and Maddie are always at the top. And I wish I would have gone by my middle name when I was a kid so that I wouldn't have this confusion all the time. Yeah, I understand your dilemma. I was on the cutting edge of being named Ethan uh, right after that. That became one of the top five boy names for like the late 90s. So I similarly understand your plight, but I think yours is a little worse. There are just so many Abbeys in the world. I think when I go to college, I'm just going to reinvent myself and nobody's going to know me by Abby. That's fair. That's the beauty of college. You can totally get away with that. Do you have a dope middle name to correct for Abby? It's Adriana, which I like. Yeah, that's unique. It's not like Anne or Marie or Elizabeth. (laughs) Not, Not to attack everybody with those middle names, but that's a little basic if you ask me. Totally, totally. All right, let's dig into this episode. And to the listeners, the reason I have Abby number three, I guess, on here is because I feel that her band of individual, uh, she's a high school junior, is kind of getting overlooked in this mass amount of conversation about what everyone's dealing with. You hear a lot about the plight of the teachers or the plight of the healthcare workers or the plight of parents having to educate their kids at all times. But what about the somewhat self-sufficient humans that are just trapped at home in this situation. Uh, I don't feel that people consider. So I asked Abby to come on the show here and kind of give me uh, just her experience and her thoughts on this entire matter. So question to you, Abby, like what's this like as far as being, I guess, trapped at home, being quarantined, everything shut down. You don't go to school physically anymore. Is that pretty wild or how do you feel about all this? Yeah, it's really weird, especially because in my house, it's just me and my mom and she goes to work every day of the week and my brother's in college. So I'm at home every day by myself from the time I wake up until about five or six 
in the evening. And so I have a lot of time to myself, which thanks to my schedule this year in school, I have four weighted classes, which they had been in two AP. And so I'm usually busy with work, but there's like a period in the day where I just don't know what to do with myself because I can't really go anywhere or do anything. And I don't have siblings or like all I have is my cats. So it's pretty lonely. Yeah. And trying to comprehend that, like as a a teacher, or I mean, even you guys as students, like we are around people all day, every day for weeks and weeks and weeks. I mean, that's just the nature of school. And I feel for you guys, like the sudden, uh, just being alone for a long, a lot of time, especially not having siblings and whatnot, uh, that's gotta be rough. So I definitely feel for you. How, how's the school work going? Cause as a educator, I hate every second of this. I hate not being able to talk to you guys like face to face or get the cues from you guys of like, Hey, I know what's going on here. This is dreadful. Are you having a similar but opposite experience as far as uh, trying to learn under these conditions? Yeah, kind of. It's different for me because all of my teachers have different approaches to it since, you know, we didn't really plan to be out of school this long. So some of my classes like math with you every day is always at the same time. I have a set schedule. I go print it out. I like So that is all planned out and fine. And then I have some classes where some days they try and do video chats with us and some days they don't. And sometimes we don't hear from them from for two weeks at all. Wow. It's definitely weird. It's hard trying to keep on top of everything since not all of my classes happen every single day or they don't have like not all of my teachers are organized. So trying to organize myself when you don't have the same organization from all your teachers is difficult. But all of my teachers have been really good about extending deadlines or being really good about, you know, if you can't get this done, it's fine. So it's just been really weird trying to adjust to everybody else's ways of teaching. Do you feel that this, like you hear a lot of things right now of like, oh, now that we've learned that we can do all of these things online, uh, we're just never revert back to how we used to do things. Do you think education, at least at the high school level or below, do you think that falls into this category or do you think that that's something that's better served in person? I absolutely do not think that online school would survive at this level. Uh, the amount of stuff that I've retained from each class is so reduced from not being able to be there and interact with everybody and be with the teachers. And, you know, I have friends that just aren't doing any of them. And I know, you know, if we tried to convert it, there'd be some more kind of standard or deadly, you know, they'd have to do it. But I think that we aren't learning as much. And a lot of kids can't teach themselves very well. Like I've kind of adapted more to if I need to learn something else or, you know, I can do it, but not all kids can. And that would be really difficult. Absolutely. Yeah. I don't envy you guys. As a college student, I took 
several online classes and I learned literally nothing from them. And it's not because I didn't try to, it just, I don't know. It's different. It's hard. You have to be a very, very dedicated person. And I mean, you're, we're talking about high school kids and younger. It's just not a, <laughs> not a group of people that are necessarily geared and ready for that in general. And that was interesting. You bring up the, I'd peg it at probably 50% of kids that just chose to do literally nothing. Wild. Absolutely wild. I commend you for actually doing your schoolwork. Yeah. And it's still like, there's still some kind of standard, you know, they said it's pass or fail, but you know, I've got friends that are like, you know, if it's only 40% of the work and I've done it for a couple of weeks, you know, I don't need to do the rest. They're not going to fail me. That's the kind of mindset that a lot of people have right now. And with my schedule, like, even if I wanted to do that, I really couldn't, you know, I'm still trying to pass my AP exams and pass for college credit in some courses. Like I just, I don't really have that option. Not that I would choose to do that, but it's just not going good for a lot of people. Most definitely. This is a very tough situation that uh, your generation, I'll say, and just this, anyone in school right now is finding themselves in. I get everyone struggling and whatnot, but uh, this is tough. Absolutely. Let's switch over to uh, a global topic because I, I know you're pretty opinionated when it comes to these things, but how do you think the the government has handled this entire COVID-19 situation? I think that we've pulled too many publicity stunts around the situation, you know, attacking China. Instead of trying to focus on having a united and like strong plan, and we waited way too long, like the government waited too long to try and actually start taking action. You know, we weren't taking it seriously, which obviously was a problem because, you know, the longer we waited, the more people got infected and then people don't trust the government. So they don't listen even when they do try and help. And I don't, I just think there's so much distrust already in the system that, you know, they make all these mistakes dealing with the pandemic that people aren't going to trust them more. And it sucks because the people that do listen and do believe that it's real and that it's a serious thing, it doesn't matter because the people that go out anyways are just hurting everybody else. Everyone's got to go get groceries, everyone, you know. So the people that are not listening and not doing what they're supposed to do, even though they don't believe in it, it's not going to ultimately, and, and you know, it might, it might hurt them or someone in their family to make them believe, but it also could not. And I just think that the way the government and the way we are responding to it is just not united. And that is not going to fix anything. I couldn't agree more. It is kind of disappointing. And I, I put everything back on the education system, but that you have a decent contingent of the population that believe that this is a hoax or this was invented by China or whatever the case may be. It's tr truly troubling. And what is the point of suing China? I get it. You want to make it their fault and you want to make, you know, it's, it's not our fault. It's not, you know, we didn't eat the bat or we, you know, like, right. But it's, it's not going to do anything. All that it's going to do is like give China some reasons to sue us for random things that happened a couple of, like it's just stupid. Oh, I agree. I thought that was a very odd a move, but I mean it, this health crisis, this pandemic has become so political and it's almost solely viewed in 
that realm now and it, it's kind of troubling like the whole state should wait 14 days or see 14 days of decline before they open back up and like no one's following that and like now we're lifting all these restrictions as cases are just ticking up and up and up and it's it's truly political in nature and i get there's an economy argument to it but yeah it, it's uh it's a wild time to be alive for sure and uh yeah, there's a lot of stupid people out there. Absolutely. Well, and like the numbers are going down because so many people are trying to do the right thing and are trying to stay at home. And so, you know, people are saying, oh, it's getting better. Well, it's getting better because people are trying. You know, if we just stop trying, we don't know what's going to happen. You're exactly right. Yeah, it's clear that social distancing and the stay-at-home orders and those things worked. Yes, they suck. It sucks being stuck at home. It sucks not being able to go out and eat. It sucks not being able to see all you guys at school every day. But if it's going to save lives, uh, that's a, a sacrifice that people should be willing to make. And uh, I don't think, in my opinion, we waited long enough. Like I, like I said, I understand this is awful, but... I think if if we would have just stuck this out longer, this would have had a better outcome. I don't I don't think this is going to end particularly well. I mean, you can see it like let's keep the meat plants open. Oh shoot, 300 people that work in this meat factory now have COVID-19. Like clearly there's evidence that not social distancing and not uh, staying at home and all that stuff is going to have a negative impact and yeah, I definitely don't think we have waited long enough. Uh how do you feel about locally like our reopening and have you been out since I guess Monday when it was lifted I mean out as in Walmart this morning yeah not I mean I guess I went to the post office too like I've just been running small errands kind of thing I haven't really been going anywhere with anybody it's just weird I don't like you go back into Walmart or something like I did this morning and Some people have masks on, some people don't, some people will stand right behind you in line, some people will like stare at you until you move in the aisle. It's just an all big mixed reaction from everybody. Uh, In some restaurants, like I know Lapa wasn't going to reopen on Monday for people to come in, which was good because Cinco de Mayo was Tuesday and that would have been bad. Right. Um, So I think some of the like local business decisions are doing okay, you know, the ones that are getting a good enough carry out and people supporting them, they'll be fine. I just worry about, you know, they did the like 400 tests or whatever. And they said, oh, 98% of the people in Perksville tested po- or tested negative. Okay, but you test 400 people and there's 2% that test positive. Like that's still not good. That means that there's more cases happening. And New York after they exploded, yeah, they'll probably reach their peak and they'll start to have herd immunity, but we won't, (laughs) you know, like, yeah, I I agree with you there for sure. I've been pretty impressed with locally, the restaurants specifically, um, kind of taking it easy, like the Dukeum and wrong daddy's waiting until June and making sure it's super clean before they open. Um, I'm glad that his wrong uh, daddies will ever be clean. Very fair point. <laughs> Very fair point. Uh, but yeah, I've been overall impressed. I think um, for the most part, the people in power locally get what's going on, even if the governor's like, go to church and who cares? You know, I think our control's a little better um, overall. But yeah, I think you you hit the nail on the head. It's 
the people specifically, because I had those same, I try to avoid Walmart, but I had the same situation of people just violating my personal space. And that bothers me to begin with, but we're in a pandemic and you're like right next to me, or they have the aisles marked for you to walk one way and literally no one is doing it. Nobody. <laughs> it's uh, people yeah. are awful for sure. Uh, did you wear a mask when you went out this morning? I did. It wasn't really for the right reason though. <laughs> I got a mask when I went to urgent care last week because I got poison ivy on my face and it's really quite embarrassing to go out and have something on you. So I wore a mask to cover that up Ah. and I just felt better about myself too because I'm like, you know, this is what I'm supposed to be doing anyways. But my, my main motivation was to cover up my face. Yeah, that makes sense. How is that, by the way? Are you recovering? It's getting better. I got a steroid shot on Friday, and then they gave me steroid pills that I started today. So I'm all drugged up. It's great. <laughs> Didn't itch at all today. I'm not going to sleep tonight. But, you know, as long as it heals and doesn't spread to my eyes or somewhere more unfortunate, I'm okay. Yeah, no joke. How do you feel or what do you think about the long-term prospects of COVID-19? Are you... uh? With someone that's expecting a second wave, do you think school is going to be closed again in the fall? What what do you foresee happening? I tend to lean towards just kind of everything in life. I kind of expect it to be worse than I actually think. So then, if it is that bad, then I'm not let down. <laughs> or if it's that's, better, I'm going to cut in for a second. That is the perfect way to live life. There's no sense in being an optimist. That's just how you get let down. If you have low expectations, then you're already prepared for it to suck. And then if it's better, life's great. So you you figured out the secret to life there, kid. But go ahead. My mom's gonna hate listening to this. <laughs> but yeah. And then if it you know, if it's better, then I'm pleasantly surprised. So Exactly. And so I'm just, you know, I wanna have a summer, I wanna have my senior volleyball season. Like I want all of that, I want all of those things. But my life is not bigger than everyone else's. And so if the best thing for everybody is to stay at home, to cancel volleyball season, I'm okay with that because it's not about me. Like I can touch a volleyball again some other time in my life if that means someone's like mom doesn't die. You know what I mean? So if I do, I think it's going to happen. I have no idea. If another wave comes in the fall, you know, maybe they'll push the election back and I'll be able to vote. So I guess, I mean, that's a little bit optimistic, right? I suppose so. Uh, I'm certain you are probably one of the few that once that election pushed back, that would cause so much pandemonium. But uh, yeah, if you got a chance to vote, that'd be pretty cool. Yeah, that's just, you know, I am two days off. Two days. So maybe, you know, maybe I'll just get pushed back. But two days I need, and then that'll be it. Yeah, just move the election back to a Thursday and you're you're good. Yeah. I was thinking, as you were saying, if volleyball gets canceled, that'd be really unfortunate. I'm thinking about my fall sport and how this was going to be the year or is going to be the year of just great things, and if that gets canceled, um, I will try to have the same poise that you just exhibited as far as like not being selfish and whatnot, but that, that would be tough. I'm obviously going to be upset, but... In the long run, like no pun intended, in the long run, <laughs> I will be fine. 
I mean, I have club season two. My club season this year got canceled before all all of our big tournaments. So if you don't know really how club works, you start in like November, like Thanksgiving, and you practice all the way and you can play into the summer because that's when nationals usually are. And so the ones that got canceled this year were all the national qualifiers, which is how you qualify for nationals. And it's just really hard because we already had a couple of teams on our club qualify that had never qualified before. And they were so excited to go and that got canceled for them. It's really difficult, especially for girls my age, though, on my team, because those tournaments are where you tell coaches to go watch you if you want to play in college. That's where they recruit. They go to nationals. They go to everything. You go to the summer camps in the summer. That's where they want you. And so I would still maybe have another club season my senior year, but it would be a lot different. Right. Yeah. The seniors right now, uh, in terms of athletics, in terms of graduation, prom, all kinds of stuff. And I get like, does that stuff really matter in life? No, it doesn't. Health and all these way more important things. But yeah, there are some people getting a raw deal out of this for sure. Yeah. I mean, technically they rescheduled prom for the 22nd. I don't know how they're going to do that. I, you know, they haven't, they just set a date in case it can happen. But my thought immediately when that came out was, I don't know, Mr. Gable, if you've ever looked up prom dresses before or, you know, like, I don't know how much experience you've had with that, but girls spend a lot of money on those. <laughs> oh, undoubtedly. Mine last year, and it was, I was a sophomore, wasn't even one of my upperclassmen proms. I spent like $500 on a dress. Oh, I get it for sure. Prom is an expensive time. And I know some, uh, some of you gals, you get that like squared away in the fall or in the winter. Oh. So you've already paid for this. Oh yeah. I got my dress in December. I had a hair appointment in December, which like that can be canceled and stuff. But I just, you know, I feel, I hope that you know, maybe things will get better and we can have some kind of a prom or I I told Paxton, if prom doesn't happen, I am still forcing him to get in a suit so I can put my dress on and take pictures. That's all I want. <laughs> Girls don't care about the dance. We don't care about after prom. We want to get in a dress, do our makeup and take pictures. That's the best part of prom. 100%. Seems fair. Seems fair. Yeah. Hopefully all of that gets, uh, and that's the same with graduation. Like that'd be really unfortunate if right. like it's scheduled, but if we can't get in groups at that point and that gets called off, it'll be a lot of that. Like, Hey, let me put my cap and gown on and take this picture. I guess a decent substitution, but yeah, still, still a bummer for sure. And like my, my cousin goes to Scotland County, something like that. I don't know, but they're small enough where and he ended up being the valedictorian. And so they're small enough. They can just get on their like football field marked out how many feet apart and they can still have their little ceremony. But unfortunately, we're a weird size. Like we're not a big school, but we're big enough to where graduation is a big thing that I hope we can do it somehow. Absolutely. Yeah, I see a lot of these small schools around us that are just going for it and just keeping the social distance. But yeah, with 200 plus kids, that would be quite the challenge for sure. What else have you been doing in your quarantine time? Have you discovered any like new skills or new TV shows or <laughs> I don't know? Well, so I had this list on my door of things that this was for the original two weeks. I was going to do all of these things on my list in the first two weeks that we were out of school. 
And I've gotten all the way down the list. I've done a ton of things, but it's gotten to the point where I've every new show I've started, I've finished every new project I've started, I've finished, or I've done it so much that I'm sick of it already. I've started doing laundry for fun or organizing (laughs) our house cabinets or our kitchen cabinets. That should not be fun, but I'm to that point. (laughs) You know, I've started, I have this big project right now where, do you know what a bullet journal is? This is a little great. I do, yes. Okay. Well, I'm making a custom bullet journal for my mom for Christmas. And oh, that's so cool. I'm doing, you know, January through December for next year. And those take forever to make. So every once in a while, just spend a couple hours doing that. And you told me one time that all of my Netflix shows were basic. And I know. <laughs> I, I know they are. But when people keep tweeting about how good Outer Banks is, I can't just not watch it. So I watched that show in a day. It was really good, by the way. I kind of recommend, but I don't know if it'd be for you because it's kind of teen, like cheesy. Sure. So what you've been saying is you've been going full bore into the basic white girl Netflix queue and just owning it. (sighs) Yes, I've been owning it. I even watched Tiger King. I tried to stay away from it. Okay, let's talk about Tiger King. I tried to stay away from it too. I got so sick of seeing things on TikTok. I know, right? And I was like, I have to know what's going on. What did you, did you end up enjoying it? Because I I liked it way more than I thought I was going to. I did enjoy it. I was honestly shocked at how much I didn't know. Like I had no idea there were that many tigers in captivity in the US. Like I had no idea. For sure. That was a learning experience. Like so many ways that was a learning experience. But yeah, it was cool from like the wildlife perspective, besides all the shenanigans and murder and all that stuff that was going on, that was somewhat educational about the lack of tigers in the wild and how many are in captivity and how they breed them like just general cattle and stuff. It's very, very entertaining and interesting for sure. Did you think that uh, Carol Baskin killed her husband? 1000%. There is absolutely no way she did it. First of all, no, no offense to her at all. I'm not trying to be that person, but does a billionaire, millionaire, whatever, marry someone who only like her style is a little bit different and then, hey, all you cool cats and kittens. Like, I'm sorry. (laughs) If you make that much money, I want to believe that you don't want to marry that. I want to, but disappearing. uh Uh-uh killed okay i'm i'm on board with joe on that one are you one of the people that feel that joe should be released from prison i'm not (laughs) yeah i think that's the reasonable position besides the murder for hire and i've talked to my dad about this who's a lawyer he has done so many other illegal things like paying for his governor campaign with a zoo fund you know Uh uh many other things that he could be in there for that i don't think it matters like, okay, Fram, well, you know, just he's going to go down for something else. There's pro- there's probably so many more things. If we knew all that from the documentary, think of all the things that we probably don't know from the documentary. Like, Yeah, I'm right there with you. He's guilty for something. <laughs> and all the people that want him out of prison, I don't quite understand. I, I, I get it. He's charismatic. Like, he's a fun guy. You want him to be out. You want to, like, see the craziness. But, like, no. <laughs> for sure. 
All right, Abby, uh, this was a good conversation. Um, I'm sorry that you're trapped alone at all times, but I appreciate you taking some time to come on the podcast and share your experiences and your, your Netflix shows and whatnot with us. All right, we've reached the special part of the show where we give our song picks of the week, and I actually reminded our guest that this needs to happen, so hopefully she <laughs> came prepared. What do you got, Abby? This was so difficult for me. I don't know if you understand, but yes, Mr. Gable, I am a basic girl that I listen to everything <laughs> except for country, but it's true. And so I was trying to go through my songs and pick something that maybe wasn't so common. You know, I found some songs is like, oh, like everyone's going to know what that is. But I don't know about this one. So this one is one of my favorite songs. I can listen to it when I'm in any kind of mood. It's called Crying Over You by Han, and it's featuring Becca. I think that's how you say her name. But very good. Recommend. You can cry to it. You can laugh to it. You can do whatever. It's awesome. Interesting. What kind of tune is that? Like, what genre would you peg it as? Oh, I'm so bad at labeling genres. I would put it in the same genre as, like... Honestly, I can't. I, it's all good. That's the beauty of having the title. I'll just go look it up and figure it out myself. I hope you enjoy. I'm going to go with a song that I believe is somewhat popular right now. It's called Trampoline by Shade. Do you know of this tune? I know this tune only because the only thing that Paxton will ever play in his car is 96.9 and it plays on that. Oh, has it reached 96.9? Oh, we've reached 96.9 like a month ago. Oof. I retract my song pick of the week. <laughs> I'm going to go with, uh, I don't know the title for sure, but it's by some girl or something named Biba Doobie or Baba Doobie or something. And it's about coffee. Is it the one you played today? Y yes, it is the one I played in the waiting room. That's a TikTok song, Mr. Gable. Oh my God. Who's the basic white person now? Ouch. Yeah, it's you. All right. I'll leave that as my song pick of the week. Either of those two, <laughs> it's all good. Thanks for listening, folks. I hope you all stay safe. Wash your hands. Stay inside. Don't infect the populace. Uh, stay tuned for the next episode whenever that happens. Thanks for listening. Bye.